When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 241 and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, joining me on today's show is Greg Jeffries. Long story short, Greg is just a regular guy and he's never had a job that's paid over 20000 a year. But guess what? Last year, he finally had a breakthrough and achieved his first six-figure year. Guess how? Purely through affiliate commissions from SEO. Now, Greg would like to share more about how he achieved that result on today's show. And I'm sure for many of you who've not really heard about um, affiliate commissions or you're looking for that next opportunity, this is a show that I'm sure you're going to be interested in. Now, specifically on today's show, some of the things that Greg's going to share is content stretching. What is it and how can you leverage that? He's also going to talk about SEO, which as we know is search engine optimization as it relates to getting those affiliate commissions, I'm sure, as well as creating passive streams of income. So welcome to the show, Greg. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. So take us back to that moment that you transitioned from um, working for someone else, obviously, and as we said in the introduction, you've never really been able to generate more than $20,000 a year to then having this breakthrough of uh, a six-figure year with affiliate commissions. What happened around that time? Did, did you hear about affiliate commissions? What was the process? Take us back. Yeah, so this has been several years in the, the making. So, uh, But uh, um, up until a couple of years ago, it was mostly just kind of dabbling. I was kind of tiptoeing my way into this world, um, just buying, you know, devouring courses. and But they were lower ticket courses because I didn't have a lot of money. Mm. Um, luckily, I had credit cards. So that was my tool for leverage. So that was how I was investing in, you know, the, the tools and products that I was buying. So I wasn't, you know, going into debt, buying, you know, extravagant things. It was mm. all fo focused on marketing and stuff. So all the debt, I you know, accrued several tens of thousands of dollars in debt in a couple of years, but it was all towards marketing stuff. Because I was like, the, the story or what I kept telling myself was, you know, if I, if I finally get that breakthrough, I can pay back all of this, yes. you know? Um, and so, but that went on for a couple of years and, you know, I was just getting little bits and pieces and nuggets along the way. Um, eventually kind of gravitated towards SEO mainly because, uh, what attracted it, uh, 
me to it was because I didn't have to have a, a massive budget to start. Mm-hmm. Whereas with paid traffic, you know, I know there's, um, you know, these handful of success stories of people that, you know, they hit a grand slam on their, you know, home run or whatever on their first campaign. They made a million dollars and whatever, but that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not most people that get into paid traffic. They spend a lot of money before they ever make anything and then it gets better. But that was, um, so what attracted me to SEO was that it, other than time, it didn't really take a lot of money to mm. start up for like the tools that you need and stuff, yes. you know, domain and web, uh, web hosting and stuff. Those are only a couple of dollars. Anybody can get it, it, even in, you know, like third world countries and stuff. It doesn't, that isn't a ton of money. I don't think anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, but so it took me a while to kind of gather these pieces together because it's, um, I mean, the information's out there, but I feel like it's just kind of scattered all over oh, and you just have to really pretty much, I guess, with anything, you just kind of have to dig around and eventually after going through tons of courses and um, talking to a handful share what they knew and going to, they got comfortable uh, and going, going to some of these live events as well and meeting other successful mm-hmm. marketers, eventually got uh, confident in what I knew because I, uh, the big thing that I think held me back in the beginning um, was not getting out of my comfort zone, not meeting people in these mm-hmm. live events. But in the lie I was telling myself was that, oh, I don't have, I'm, I'm poor. I don't have enough money to even go to these events where I did have the money, at least on credit cards. So instead of buying like 10 $97 products, I could have, you know, Order. sent myself to one of these events because a lot of the events, they're not really expensive, but mm-hmm. you know, when you factor in flights and meals and hotels, it, it does add up to a couple thousand dollars, but mm-hmm. uh, that has been the biggest, uh, you know, catalyst or breakthrough for me that you. kind of that, that had helped to then me. go, right. Okay. This yeah. is starting to work. So now fast forward to what it looks like today. Give everyone just a, a, a vision, a big vision overview of how it looks. So if I understand correctly, you're now generating that income from affiliate commissions from SEO. So are you um, promoting a number of different products then, or is it some key products? How does that look? It's several different products on lots of different channels, mostly blogs and websites and a handful of YouTube videos and stuff. But it, it primarily started in the, like make money online sort of tools mm-hmm. uh, and softwares and stuff. Cause that was what I was interested in. So I started promoting the things that I was interested in. I'm just in the last year, I've finally started to um, get outside of that space and start promoting other things. Cause obviously people buy mm-hmm. way more stuff online. Like most people on the planet aren't even really like, maybe they want more money, but they're not interested in like the make money online niche mm-hmm. or like, tools that go along with that they're just they're just online to get a shirt or a hat or a mattress or something like so they're buying other stuff and you know as an affiliate a lot of times those those products and services all have affiliate programs generally and so as an affiliate you can you can you can step in front of that traffic and yeah promote absolutely it. and i think um you know for people who may be at a stage in their in their business or maybe even just starting their entrepreneurial journey they may not yet have any ip if you will so intellectual property that they can develop their own products and and services if you will so this is a really great option to look at what are other people what have they created are there any products or programs that i can step behind it really aligns with who i am and what I, and i know that it's a really um a, a lucrative area because people are investing in it 
and then kind of make that decision. What were some of the decisions moving back? Because I'm sure you made a lot of different, as you said, um, decisions that probably looking back you think, mm, that probably is not a very good idea. So now you've probably got a great system that you now follow to ensure that whatever you decide, you know what, this is something I'm going to support and start to generate, you know, generate an income in. It's going to work for you with the best ROI. So looking back, what are some of the, the decisions or the strategies, if you will, that enabled you to make a decision to support a product that it, that did become you know lucrative for for you? Were there some things that we need to be aware of and go through when we're questioning and looking at various products or programs? Um, the two big tips that I like to share is I try to focus uh, on promoting products that have some sort of longevity to them since SEO is generally a little bit slower. Mm. Ideally, you would want to pick some sort of an evergreen product or a, a product that is in sort of an evergreen niche. So maybe that particular brand isn't going to be around forever, but that particular line of product is. So like maybe a particular brand of mattresses may come and go, but people are still going to buy mattresses. That's that's the evergreen niche. Mm -hmm. The other uh, thing I look for when, I, when it's there is um, some sort of subscription or continuity-based affiliate program that pays me monthly. So as you know, just like um, selling like insurance or anything, you, you build up this pipeline of customers that you're um, you know, referring things like autoresponders. Um, uh, one of the products I promote is ClickFunnels. So um, just anything that has a recurring based um, affiliate program, that way that, it, you know, you're not just making, uh, when you make a sale, you're not just making a one-off commission. It's like every single month and those compounds. So the more customers mm -hmm. you refer, that's a, kind of a snowball that keeps building. And then all the other, you know, one-off commissions promoting things like hosting and other services. Those are just kind of extra. Yes. Um, but you've got your your um, kind of steady income yeah. that you're building up with the, this pipeline of commissions and stuff. Yeah. So you're basically replacing your job with commissions, and and it's easier to kind of uh, rely on something that's a little like can every every single month rather yes. than like man i hope i make great strategy 100 yeah. more you know one off commissions this month from this one product i hope uh, you know 100 more people buy it you know but if you if you refer 10 a month then it, it turns out to be 100 in a year or whatever yes. and not many of them drop off the next year then that's it, pretty it nice counts. to be able to yeah. rely on x amount of dollars per month yeah i love that and i think um, you know as you're explaining that we see from a business point of view too, when we're looking at creating our own products, we're always set told, you know, look for customers that you can build long-term relationships with and even uh, a business model that can continue to give you, you know, monthly income. Because otherwise, as you say, you're going to continuously have to look for new clients that want to step into some of these programs that you're an affiliate for um, and it's looking for new clients. But if you've got that residual income, if you will, from those people who've stayed in those uh, programs or products, then uh, that's something that uh, you can just continue to add to. Love that. So how does that look then? You you have a, like a website or you have multiple websites that you're drawing people back to. Uh, how does that look from, a, from an online structure, if you will, of how you've set that up so that you can manage the various programs and products that you're an affiliate for? Yeah, so I... I have a lot of different websites. Um, 
and you know just build them one at a time so it's not like yeah. i built them all in a day or a weekend or whatever so it this is something that is um you know built slowly over time and stuff and i it's not the cool thing about seo is um or at least in my experience of it is that once you build something it's like once it starts to gain traction it seems like it doesn't require a ton of maintenance so it's not like i'm like looking at all my websites every day checking the stats i literally just like log into my affiliate accounts and check commissions yeah. i don't you know unless i'm actively adding more content to a site um i generally kind of just build it and just generally smaller sites um because they're so niche yes. and then i just kind of leave it and it just sits there and the thing that um you know if anybody's listening and interested in seo and just really anything and at all in business life whatever a lot of people get turned away with um seo and anything like facebook ads or whatever because the of the quote competition mm. when in reality there's so few people on the planet that are that even have access to the internet and stuff like that and there's fewer of those people that are actually interested in making money online mm -hmm. there's a smaller group of people that are actually interested in or know anything about affiliate marketing or SEO and there's even a tinier portion of people of all that met all those previous criteria that actually are interested in promoting that specific product with mm -hmm. SEO so like your true competition is extremely small for a lot of these products and yes. services and keywords and stuff so yeah I love that Th thank you for giving us that overview maybe that was a question because I'm thinking all right so you've got lots of different products that you have uh, but once you set it up we're going to dive in a moment into content stretching and, and SEO once you set them up it's like with any business isn't it when you set the foundations up and you know that they're working the on and that takes the the most time i would imagine the ongoing is just checking in doing a bit of tweaking maybe adding if you've got some time some new content but it is the managing of that because you've got it set up correctly it's not going to take that much time which is great so let's talk about content stretching first of all what is content stretching that's just a term i came up with i'm sure other people have different names for it i've just never heard it called that but um the other thing uh you know this is a, applicable to seo but um uh, how that kind of mostly relates to what i've done over the years um aside from seo uh, the other thing i've done is create um courses on platforms like udemy and skillshare mm -hmm. and i kind of uh this was i don't i don't see this that much anymore but like probably seven eight years ago or something i saw this all the time and you may be familiar with this where when products would come out when products would launch in order to create this perceived value they say you know uh not only are you going to get the video course but you're going to get the 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 pdf transcription you're going to get the audio version too and it was like five of the same thing yes um but right because it, it's but it's like the same thing the same content in just different formats and I, I borrowed that because i when i was making courses i was like man i don't i got kind of lazy like how can i make more money by doing less mm -hmm. <laughs> and i was like well i've already created these courses once what can i do with them to kind of stretch them and spread them out and luckily there's more than one um marketplace or network for these um for these uh courses and that that pretty much applies for everything whether it's print on demand stuff ebooks uh, courses, you know, podcasting stuff, you know, there's more than one podcast 
um, distribution service. Mm -hmm. So um, kind of that combined with my last job that I was at was in e-com and we would sell multiple or the same product on all the different marketplaces. And I, I kind of, I saw that. So I, it was interesting to have a, a one foot in this kind of corporate e-com world and then another foot in the affiliate side. And I sort of, I was able to see both worlds yes. and I saw like where they overlapped. And, and so basically just content stretching comes down to like squeezing as much value and money as you can out of one piece of content. So for instance, like with, um, let's just take a podcast, for example. So we've got video going on right here. We've got audio, but what I've uh, seen with some of the other um, interviews I've done, they, they'll transcribe it, which that turns into a blog post. So you've got two pieces of content now and you've got audio for people that are just listening in their car and stuff. But if you're, we're streaming this live on Facebook too. So if people are, that's video content. So you're getting all these pieces of content out of this or, or, just yeah, multiple pieces of content out of one, one yeah, one course. sitting or one yes. content creation. And so with yeah. that content uh, stretching that you're doing, each of those platforms that this piece of content is being shared on, what you're saying is you're getting in front of another audience or a new person, which you're then driving back, of course, to whatever the call to action will be at the end of of that that show or that podcast or whatever it is that you've created. Is that how it then works? Pretty much. And so there's just a lot of like for people that are looking to uh, maybe they're inter they're just do videos. They're like, I don't like writing or whatever. It's like, well, even if you hate writing, you can still have, you know, written content. You can pay somebody, you know, a dollar a minute to transcribe your video into text, make a blog post. Now you've got, uh, you know, uh, written content that can also draw in traffic. And, um, you know, you can maybe have somebody organize that content and make it into an ebook. Now you can sell it on Amazon. It's free to do that. Now you've got like three possible income streams. So you're, you're squeezing all this value um, and, and potentially getting like three times as many, uh, you know, income streams and money from that same piece of content without working, you know, 10 times as hard. Yes. Yeah, so. absolutely. What are some of the top tips that you would recommend um, if, we're, if someone's listening or watching today or even the recording and they're wanting to set something up like you have done so that they can start to generate an income through affiliate commissions but associated with SEO? What are some of the key insights that you've learned that you can see really continue to drive that traffic, the right kind of traffic back to your, your sites? Yeah, so the the big thing that I focus on, and anybody can take this and run with this, and it's not going to take really much money at all, is um, focusing on longer tail keywords. So longer tail are just they're just longer search phrases or queries, and they they don't get as much traffic individually, but they're so low competition and they're more targeted and they're more like um, buyer intent behind them generally. Rather, so an example would be uh, like men's shoes. That's very vague. I'm sure it gets a ton of searches, but it's not, there's not like what, I don't know what the intent is. Are they doing research? Are they really interested in buying shoes? I don't know. But if you type in like red Nike men's running shoes, there's probably a pretty good chance they're a little past the research stage and they're probably like, in the market for some red Nike men's running shoes and they're just looking for the best price and they're about to buy it. Mm. So um, there's some 
uh, you know, a couple, even a couple of years ago, I don't think there were that many tools out there that you could get these uh, long tail keyword suggestions. You sort of had to kind of guess and hope that you picked the right one. Yes. Um, but there's tools like keywordtool.io that you can um, go to and just type in. I just start with like a root keyword. Mm -hmm. So um, if it's a product or service, you, know, you can start with the product name. If it's uh, if it's got any kind of marketing behind it, um, I, I would. It probably has some long tail searches that Google's collected. And you know, to, if you want to go broader, you can start. You can do something more generic. So like if you're promoting like a a teeth whitening product, you may. Uh, just type in like teeth whitening and just kind of see what that spits out. And then from those keywords, you'll probably get more ideas. You can plug that one of those keyword ideas in and then just go deeper. Mm -hmm. And then you'll start to see, uh, you'll probably get in, uh, learn a little bit more about like what sort of um, like homeopathic and natural ingredients people are using for teeth whitening. And you could target those and then refer them, you know, just kind of, create a video or some content around that specific keyword and then say, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's been, um, you know, some people have used this Ayurvedic herb or whatever to, mm -hmm. and, and some people have had positive results with it. But if you want to like speed up the process, I recommend this teeth whitening strip product, click the link below and that's your mm -hmm. affiliate link, you know, and you just do that 500 times with all these long tail keywords and eventually, yeah. eventually you're going to get a, a decent amount of, consistent traffic mm -hmm. and the best part about it is since it is so these keywords are so specific most seos again the, the competition is extremely small mm -hmm. because most people aren't going to take the time to go do it um yeah. but and you don't have to do this all in a day you know that you can take that long list of keywords and you can break it up into a couple a day mm -hmm. and then just you know because I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have families and full-time uh, you know, jobs and stuff. So you can do this on the nights and weekends and, and build it up to the point where you can, you know, you're making more than your job. And that's when you walk away and you can do this full time or whatever. And yes. by full time, I, I just mean have all of your time and freedom. I, I don't work full time. Um, now that I have more time, I, I actually work less yes. <laughs> than I ever have. So <laughs> I love it. And do uh, people often, because uh, whenever you anyone starts a project like this, and I'm sure you, you might have had this as well, there were your naysayers in your doubters. Oh, that will never work. How are they now? It's kind of like, what did you do, dude? Let, let us know. What were your secrets? And it's like, you had to put in the hard work, but... Uh, and and that's the that's the secret that no it's not sexy that's not um, gonna be very effective with selling a program uh, like like I have but um, you're to how I address like the naysayers and stuff I just don't I don't talk about my struggles while I'm going through them um, like I'm not from I live in Austin Texas I'm from Mississippi I moved out here to kind of get away from my parents and where I was raised and to sort of distance myself. And give myself that space to fail without somebody looking over my shoulder and being like, you should get a real job and stuff like, just be quiet yes. and wait. <laughs> I promise you everything <laughs> will change. And yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm at the point, like my parents are both um, my are retiring this year and um, that's, you know, it's great. They've made it to that point, but in just a few short years, uh, like a couple of years ago, I, and again, I was making less than 20,000 a year mm. before taxes, which is 
like poverty here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. almost. And um, now I'm making more than both my parents combined. Mm-hmm. And it's not to like, you know, rub it in their face or anything. They, they still don't know what I make yeah. exactly. And I, they just know that I'm comfortable and yeah. successful and they're happy for yeah. me. So yeah. that's, that's what can happen in, in a year or two, you know, uh, <laughs> like a whole world can change. I, I love this sort of story, Greg, because here's the thing, you know, when you've got an idea and you've got a passion behind it and you're committed and even though there are paths that you take or you start to take, you go, well, that didn't work. You need to go through all of that because you, as you are continuing to do things that you think, well, that didn't work, you're then refining the process that you can repeat that and know and, and build on. But here's the thing with the world of work. It is changing. The, you know, the world of work that our parents knew and their parents before them was get a job and you go to that nine to five. Um, have your holidays and your annual leave and all that. We have a lot more, I think, annual leave here yeah. in Australia and, than you guys do. It, 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 right. Yeah. I, and I didn't know that. See, I haven't been out of the States very much. Yeah. And I, I, but I've driven, uh, I used to work in a hotel and I, I drove around some guy, a guy from uh, Europe and he was like, and he was like, we get so many, we get regular holidays and then we get like other, we get a lot more leave. Yes. Jobs and guys work way too hard over here in the U.S. Sounds like, yeah, we do. Like two weeks vacation is like a that's like the standard over here. And like two weeks out of the whole year, he was like, "You guys are crazy. Like, yeah. why do you work so hard? You're supposed to be like, you know, uh, you know, whatever first world country. Why are we working so hard still?" Yeah. Like, and you know, what? I think it's working smarter, not necessarily harder. I mean. You know, where, and that's the thing. And, and what I love about uh, the conversation we're having today, there are job opportunities that, or even the young kids at school, you know, often the question is asked when they get to, to college, well, what do you want to be, you know, when you leave school? Some of those children, a lot of them, I would imagine, don't know that answer because the job hasn't been created yet. You know, I was just, I can't remember what uh, job it was. But just, uh, it was something that you would never have even thought and all had to do with online. And so I think when you have that understanding of wh- where am I passionate about, what am I committed to, to doing and setting up then and, and sticking to it till it does work, then there's, um, you know, multiple opportunities uh, for you. Uh, yeah. I want to kind of address that too, because see, that's that was the issue. Luckily, the last job I was at, it was an e-com, so I could kind of relate it to what I was doing. But sadly, there is no job that I know of out there for what I do. Yes. So there is no curriculum in a college that teaches what no. I know. No. Uh, so, so I'm like really I'm more successful than like all, most all my friends that I grew up with. But I had to like step outside of the you know college and and corporate world because the the job that it's you know what I do is fun to me. But there, there isn't really a, a job yes. that does what I do. So I don't even. That's right. You've written, you written, you write the rule book for it. That's the thing. And that's yeah, what I love. You know, and, and that's so true. I mean, here I've got a lot of colleagues, you know, you hear that, that speak about the whole education system needs to be disrupted because a lot of the stuff yeah. that we're teaching our kids has absolutely no relevance. In fact, I remember as a child sitting in, in some of the maths classes and other things, it's like, what on earth am I learning this for? Never used it. Stepped outside the door and go, well, you know, didn't really need to learn that. But here's the thing, I think, 
some of the skills that are required, and, and I don't know whether these can be taught, these entrepreneurial traits where you're problem solvers, you've got this innate desire to figure it out. And if there is no answer, you go, you know what, I'm going to figure out my own answer. And you, <laughs> you, you, you're carving your own path, basically. Yes. Yeah, that's what I say, the number one skill you have to get good at. And I don't know how schools are in Australia, but in, here in the States, um, you almost have to train yourself to start thinking again, because yes. all those years of education, you get taught how to stay in line and, you know, answer the right questions on tests and not think outside the box. And the one skill that is essential that you have to have to be a successful entrepreneur is problem solving. You Cause there are no, I mean, I'm sure there, the answers are out there, but a lot of times you have to figure out the answer. Mm -hmm. There isn't, uh, you don't have some magical mentor that's just going to hand you all the answers. Um, or there's not a lot of times the, these, um, whenever there's a new platform, you know, uh, like, a, a, the next Facebook or whatever, the people that know how to problem solve and think for themselves, they're doing and crushing it on those platforms long before the courses ever come out. Yes. So by the time the courses come out, you know, the people that already know how to problem solve have already made multiple millions yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So you can't be, I mean, in the beginning, I know, you know, you need some guidance and stuff, but you want to train yourself to not be always relying on yeah. someone like me or someone like you. That's like going to hand them down the answers and the, you yeah, know, yeah. Put the, the that's the thing. That put your own stamp on it. And I love what you've done, as you've said, and we can wrap this all up. You've gone to the various courses and learned, but what you've done is you've taken what you've needed, you've implemented it, probably tweaked it to to now create a whole um, business model, if you will, that enables you to really tap in lucratively into an affiliate uh, market business and. Um, Fantastic. Congratulations. Good on you. You know, and you know, sometimes it, and it, it often is difficult in the face of people going, you what? And, and for you, as you said, you needed to move to another state. And it's such a great reminder for us. Choose who you share your ideas with, particularly if they're in the process of evolving very yep. carefully. Because, I would honestly, I mean, yeah. my parents have always, uh, you know, loved and supported and encouraged me. But even while I was doing uh, you know, learning and going through the school of hard knocks, I, they just ask, you know, how's, how's things going? I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm working hard, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm whatever I'm, I'm getting, uh, having more success, more success, but I would always be really, really vague. I'm still pretty vague, mm. but they know, um, I mean, they know I'm working for myself. So they're like, well, he must be doing well enough now. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, it's nice to, uh, kind of brag and boast about it now that I'm, Mm -hmm. at where I'm at. But while I was going through those trials and stuff and, you know, failing, I didn't, you know, I'm not bragging on Facebook of like, oh, I'm $50,000 yeah. in debt. That's mm -hmm. nobody wants to hear about your problems no. and stuff while you're going through them. But the cool thing about um, failing all that and, all, and spending all that money and stuff is that it, what is attractive is the story of the guy who came through all that and then made it to the other side. Yes. So the one thing I'm really thankful for is that I, I have a story now because it's not super attractive for the guy that like did get it right on the first time and made a million. Like that's 
that's not really an attractive story. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you need a story. You need there. some hardships in there. <laughs> let's celebrate. Yeah, you can't just go from like kind of doing well and then to doing better and then always better and better. Like, yeah, you don't like, learn from that those things. Well, you do, but you I think yeah. often you learn more uh, because it shapes your character. I think Absolutely. sometimes. Um, you know, uh, it, it is often the challenges that uh, shape your character into a person that is that that people want to hang around with. Sometimes, you know, those people who just everything works for them, they can kind of think that it was just because of them. And we realise, you know, what there's so much more to uh, the equation of growing a, a business. And arrogance is not <laughs> a really nice uh, character trait to have amongst the mix there. Um, so now, Greg, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. I mean, congratulations. I love these sort of stories because it just goes into the face of everything that, you know, um, yeah, that challenges what, what people say, well, this is what you need to do and you need to go and do these degrees and stuff like that. And it's like, no, no, no like a no. slip of paper doesn't mean anything. No. I'll, I'll, I, I kind of gathered this from all the stuff I've consumed over the years, but like results speak a lot louder to me than resumes so like mm. if i was ever going to hire somebody i don't care where they went to school i don't you know care where they worked what have you done show me your results i'm going to hire based on results yes. like i don't care what you look like how you dress whatever can you get me the results i'm looking for mm -hmm. cool i'm going to pay you for that you yeah know? yeah but if you you know you whatever you got a pluses or top marks in your school i don't care usually those people are like terrible employees anyway and they're not very good problem solvers so like mm -hmm. i want the outside the box thinker the guy that can i can give a little direction to mm -hmm. and they can just sort of like figure it out and yes. maybe even come up with a better solution than what i came up with absolutely i so agree with that previously to doing what i'm doing now i was in the career industry for many decades and i remember greg often being approached by very disgruntled people who are unemployed yet they had four degrees hanging on their wall I spent so much money and time getting these degrees and I haven't been able to find work. And it's kind of like, it didn't take too long to dig in deeply and realize that sadly. Yeah, sadly, they don't yeah. they don't teach that skill in school. No. They give you all the, the, the papers, but they don't teach you how to go get the job. <laughs> anyway, we could go on. We could digress yeah. into a whole other topic. Share with people if they want to connect with you, if they want to find out more, what is the best way for them to do that, Greg? Yeah, so uh, if they're interested in specifically what I do, they can check out my course. It's called SEO Affiliate Domination. So SEO Affiliate Domination.com. And if they have any questions, there's plenty of ways to reach out to me there. They can uh, probably the best way to get a hold of me personally, though, is uh, Facebook. So you can just do, uh, yeah, whatever. Google me and uh, you'll find me or go type my name in Facebook and you'll be able to direct message me there yeah fantastic and one thing I will say on the end of that for parents who are listening going no we don't want our kids sure there are certain things that we learn in school that are absolutely fundamental I mean one of the things that I'm sure that you do Greg is uh, have to write great content or creating videos and things like that you have to have such a solid command of certain skills and then the English and, and all of that the content so uh, yeah. even though we there are just some aspects of it that uh, I think uh, when we're looking at the world of work, the opportunities that are there, even opportunities that you can tap into that have not been created. You could be a, a champion and, you know, to spearhead a whole new industry using the skills and things like that that you're learning along the way. Um, to yeah, be able to, on, like on you that have, note, yeah. like, I don't think there's any kind of college curriculum that's going to teach you how to, um, those 
um, figure out those insights and stuff. But like when you become your own problem solver, you can sort of just look at the news, look at the media. And, you know, the longer you live, you just get better at this because there's so many patterns that repeat themselves. So, yes. you know, people Be think curious. you're just, uh, yeah. yeah, people think you're just, um, you can predict the future and stuff. And you, you kind of can because everything goes in cycles yeah that's right i think as you said be curious question things why why do we do that why can't we do it a better way you know what if i love that question what if really allows you to dive deeper and sometimes just get in that brainstorming way the most ridiculous ideas jot them down stay in that process of what if because one of those ideas could be expanded upon to really create a pathway where you can just own that and help others to uh, to do that as well. Thank you for being that voice, Greg, today. Thank you. We'll put uh, a link, of course, in the show notes of how they can find out more about your course and connect with you, Ambitious Entrepreneur, network.com, AES241. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks again for having me. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com changing the world one message at a time do you feel called to influence real change with your message join our supportive community of like-minded influencers thought leaders and disruptors at www.bethedifferencemovement.com that's bethedifferencemovement.com This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>